She's calling me hot back there. And joy. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you guys know this, but he mentioned it. Um, Christmas is in two weeks. <laughs> Yay! I am so excited. I literally have a countdown on my phone just to show you how cool I am. I don't have my phone to show you, but it's true. It's a countdown. I, I have been known to start counting down to Christmas really early in life, like 250 days early. <laughs> My kids were like, wow, it's 230 days now. <laughs> like, yep. But I love Christmas. I love the Christmas music. I love the atmosphere. I love the movies. I love movie nights with my family, and we're sitting there, and we're, we're quoting the movies. We're having so much fun. I love the Christmas presents. Um, but, you know, if I'm really honest, like, Christmas brings up a lot of emotions. There is, of course, joy and excitement. There's nostalgia. Like, let's break out the, the ornaments and the famous recipes and all these different things. But if I'm honest, it can also bring up a lot of other emotions. And I'm going to try really hard today to not cry <laughs> for you guys. But um, there's a lot of things that are different, right, from year to year. <laughs> and so what I've learned is that joy and sorrow are not exclusive to each other. That's a Neil quote. <laughs> Joy and sorrow are not exclusive to each other. A lot of the times they come and actually are present with each other. Um, and this season is no different, right? We have all of these good things happening. And we have, you know, at the same time, stress. You know, like, I've got to get that thing. Have you guys ever had, like, the jingle all the way experience with, like, a present or a thing? Like, was it last Christmas or the Christmas before that? I think it was, okay, two Christmases ago. Um, there was this whole episode or something about Elf on the Shelf. Do you guys remember that? Like, it became a thing. There was, like, a show or something. My kids were obsessed. And Jocelyn was like, Mom, I have to get this elf. And Neil, like, literally went from store to store to store looking for this stupid elf and, like, finally found the elf with the red lips and the blonde hair or whatever. You know, it was, like, very specific. Had to be a girl. And so, like, you know, the things that we do, right, at Christmas time, like, we, we kind of put ourselves in this space. Um, but it can also remind us of the things that once were. The things we once had. The people who were once here and now are not. <laughs> See, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> um, so Christmas is this amazing time. But it also bears this sense of sorrow. So 
going back to the happy side for just a second, <laughs> um, Neil and I have been wanting, I'll come back here, sorry, uh, a puppy for a really long time. So this last week, we got a puppy, you guys. And I was going to give you guys a picture of her. Um, she is a golden doodle, little black, absolutely adorable. We named her Advent. And you're like, what? It's because Advent means coming, and it also simultaneously means arrived. And so since it's something that we were, like, hoping for and waiting for for a really long time, she is here. Her name is Advent, and we call her Addie for short. But my life is changed because of this puppy, and I knew, I knew. I worked at a veterinary clinic for 13 years. I knew what it meant, right, getting a puppy. It meant, again, you know, like, joy, sorrow, <laughs> because it was like, all right, I'm signing up for the stuff, right? Like the barking, the shrill barking in the middle of the night. I have to go pee. And it's like, it's 2 a.m., <laughs> like newborn stage, right? So I've got to go take her out. And then there's not only like that, the puppy itself, my kids bless their hearts. They set the timers. So there's like a timer going off in my house every 20 minutes and they're taking her out to go to the bathroom, but they are usually the culprit of bringing poop into my house. And I'm like, dear Jesus, give me joy. <laughs> and so it's tested, right? Our joy is constantly tested. So there's, there's this balance of good and like fulfillment of something, and then it also works simultaneously with something else that is hard and difficult. So another thing about Advent, my puppy, is that we named her that to just remind us like continually of what it looks like to invite Jesus into our lives. And when I invite Jesus into my life, it's not the same as it was before. It's just not. Now, he brings all things good. <laughs> but I find that when in this season, I am like doing what Neil said and being more mindful and just contemplative. I am more mindful of Jesus. I'm walking around and I, I feel his presence just like I, I feel my dog brush up against my legs. I hear his voice more when I'm spending and spending more time with him. When I am truly waiting on him and giving my attention, I am changed, right? Louis Giglio said this in the Advent devotional called Waiting Here for You. He said, if I am truly waiting on Jesus, then I won't miss anything. I just want to pause and think about that for just a second. I keep going too far. If I am truly waiting on Jesus, then I won't miss anything. I don't know about you guys, but like right now there's this... I don't know, pandemic, <laughs> of this word that we've kind of thrown out there called FOMO. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Fear of missing out. We are so driven in our society to have everything, to be everything, to be a part of everything, to not miss out on anything good. Why? Because we are so driven to have this fulfillment in our lives of happiness and joy. And so this statement is so amazing because if I believe that, if I truly believed that Jesus was enough, then if I am inviting him in, just like inviting that dog into my house, then I'm not missing out on anything. 
I have all that I need right here, right now. Sounds really nice, right? <laughs> like ultimate fulfillment. I agree. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for everyone here today. Father, I just ask that any of my words that are not of you would fall to the ground and only your words would remain, Lord. Would you speak to our hearts on the meaning of your love and depth of joy that you have for us, God? Not just in this season, but in our lives, for our marriages, as we're parenting, God, in our jobs, that all of these spaces would be filled with you, Jesus. We love you so much. We praise you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For all of you note takers, like I said, hopefully God will speak today. I don't know if it will be from me. But my title today is Holding Your Joy. So I had a sign. Mom, I forgot it. <laughs> it was an actual sign that said joy. And I was going to put it here and, and hold it and like cradle it. <laughs> so just imagine that I'm holding joy right now. And you can see that. Um, but I believe that there are four things. There's probably more. But four things right now that we need to do to hold on to our joy. And like I said, not just in this season where everything is crazy, but all the time. So number one, believe that your joy is a gift from God and that he freely gave it. Now, I know this is like counterintuitive, right? Because it's Christmas time and we're thinking about giving gifts and I need to go get that thing. But this is a gift that has already been given. It is something that is already here. It is something that is already yours. If you have chosen to believe in Jesus, this gift is yours. And it's true because we see in John 3:16, the most famous verse, right? For God so loved the world that he gave. What was this gift that he gave? He gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Does that fill you with joy? Does that just excite you a little bit? Like, Jesus, he is everlasting life. There is no TV show. There is no amount of food. There is nothing in this world that compares to that. Right? But we... We're stuck in this system thinking, oh, no, like, I've got to do this. I've got to, I've got to do this. So we have to believe that our joy is a gift from God and that it has already freely been given. You're going to see me come back to my notes a lot. Okay, just bear with me. <laughs> so the world's version of happiness is all about when. Okay, and you're like, wait, What? When, I will be happy when I get that job. I will be happy when I get married. I will be happy when my dog is potty trained. <laughs> That's going to be when my true joy comes. I will be happy when I'm not sick anymore. I will be happy when I can go that way. <laughs> I will be happy when my efforts are noticed. But God's version of joy is all about because. What does that mean? 
I am happy because of Jesus. I am happy because I am forgiven and I am made new. I am happy because my name is written in the book of life in heaven. I am happy because I have everything that I need. My dad is really hard. Both of you guys are really hard to buy for for Christmas. So hard. But it's because they're like, there's nothing that I want. And I think, honestly, that is just true. Because they have everything that they want. They have Jesus. (laughs) So true. (laughs) I can't look at you. I love you. Um, So the world's version is, I will be happy when. God's version is, I am happy because. Because I have this gift. So you see, our joy comes from the Lord. Not from anything else. Psalms 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The strength of my life. I love that. He is the strength of my life. He literally fills my life. I have no life outside of Jesus. When I live from that joy, the God-given joy, nothing can take it away. It is a part of who I am. It is more than just an experience. It is more than just a memory. Another thing, Neil and I took our kids to Disney because, you know, we had hope. And we had love for our children. And we, at the time, had money. But then we went to Disney. And we had all these expectations that it was going to be this super fulfilling moment that our kids were going to be like, Mom, Dad, you are amazing. Thank you so much for bringing us here. You're the best parents ever. And, like, I don't know, like, not just accolades, but, like, the perfect picture. And, like, we were hot. It was still like post-COVID. Everyone had to wear masks. It was Florida. It was humid. And it was like two hours of lines. And we were like, so much better being home. So much better. (laughs) And so joy is not that, right? So the joy that God gives us is real. And is what remains. So there was a time where I was actually driving here in Missouri. I think I was 18 years old. Um, and I was just like flying down the highway, probably going the speed limit, and worshiping. Like I was just worshiping. And I remember I was just sitting there and I heard this loud pop. And my wheel just went, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, ah, ah. and I didn't know what to do, but I like knew in that moment. My tire just blew out. I have no control over my car. I need to slow down. And I get over to the shoulder. I think I had to like cross lanes. I'm telling you, it was terrifying. (laughs) And I cross these lanes and I get over to the shoulder and I'm sitting there and I'm just like calling my dad. What do I do? He's like, you gotta call the tow truck. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So I call the tow truck, he comes, he picks up my car. And I remember jumping into the cab and I was just smiling. (laughs) I was just sitting there like, hi how are you? And he looked at me and he was like, you seem really happy for just having a tire blowout. And I was like, I remember being puzzled by that and thinking, huh, 
yeah, that kind of sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> like, I'm going to have to pay for that. Hmm. Yeah, well. <laughs> and he was like, like, that's weird, right? But like, I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid of the money or what was going to happen. Like, I just, I just knew. Like, it's okay. God's going to take care of it. That's joy. There was another time when we were in the hospital with Destiny, our oldest. She was having seizures. And I remember feeling a lot of fear and worrying that this was going to be something that was going to affect her for the rest of her life. Um, And, you know, and, and one doctor to the next, they just came in and it just made more questions. And I remember walking the halls of the hospital and meeting other families who had terminal illnesses and who were dealing with even harder things than what we were dealing with. And in that moment, I could feel the doubt. I could feel that tension of, what do you really believe here, Katie? Is it real? Or do you just say all these things? And I had to make this choice. And I remember Neil and I just sitting down in this seat at the hospital and just praying. Just saying, God, this is all you. And what was so great is that even though we were in this, like, super dark space, God, like, showed up. And we were able to, like, minister to these people down the hallway. And Destiny was doing so good. (laughs) You guys, she's doing so good. I'm so proud of her. And so God is with us. And he gives us this joy. But how do we hold our joy when it seems like everything is going wrong? Check out this video clip. <laughs> Yay! Okay, I had to show that. I'm so sorry. Um, but, okay, that was kind of my week this week a little bit. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was telling Neil, was like, man, God is really putting this message to the test this week. You can hear it in my voice, like I've had a cold, um, I had sick children, so we're up in the middle of the night. I have a puppy, remember the puppy? The puppy is still here, it doesn't care that I have a sickness going on, and I was like, okay, Lord, joy, 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 joy to the world. So, number two, though, how do we hold our joy when it seems like everything is going wrong? Surrender. Only Jesus can hold your joy for you. Again, counterintuitive, right? Like, if we are feeling the pressure, like, shouldn't we, like, up our game and do more? No, we need to surrender that to the Lord. Give that to him, because only he can hold our joy for us. When we take the responsibility of holding our joy onto ourselves, it becomes a burden. And we become a slave to maintaining it. Isaiah 9, verse 1 through 6. It says this, it says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Now, when I was preparing this message, that was like neon lights for me. It was like explosive. And I felt like God was just saying, there is someone here today who needs that verse as a promise. I need to say it again. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. You need to claim that today. Like this moment, this thing that I'm feeling, this experience, it will not go on forever. 
The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Whatever you're experiencing today, whatever that darkness feels like for you, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. Why? Why will the people rejoice? Verse 4, for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You see that only Jesus can carry this weight of maintaining our joy for us. God will not leave us in our darkness. He has sent our salvation. He will carry the heavy burden from our shoulders, but we have to surrender it to him. If I am holding on to it, he can't hold it for me. He's not going to take that from me. He's not going to say, give that to me right now. He is kind and generous and loving and so understanding of our feelings and our brokenness and the, the remorse and the sadness that we carry, but he doesn't want us to have to carry it. He says, give that to me and let me hold that. But we feel this responsibility to do it ourselves. Verse 6. For a child is born to us, a son is given. There it is, a gift. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How can I trust that he will hold my joy for me. Right there. Mighty God. The Hebrew of that word is Gabor Eil. Strong warrior. Sounds like someone who could hold my joy for me. You see, we are not strong enough to hold our own joy. We need Jesus to hold it for us. Psalms 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and shield. Again, that warrior, right? He's going to go out in front of us and fight for us. I trust him with all of my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Now, if you guys know me, I am a two on the Enneagram, if you guys know that. Um, it's a helper, so I love to help. I love to come in and, like, just assist in whatever needs to be done. Um, but I'm really bad sometimes at asking for help. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I want to do it. I want to be the one who, like, did that thing. There's the project and I did it. But God is asking me to let him help me. I have to surrender and say, yes, I need you to help me, God. I can't do this on my own. The third point is our joy is restored in the presence of Jesus. And when I was writing that, again, that word restored was so good because it means that something was there, like I think of an old car, right? Like a 1950 what, Kevin? Something, Chevy. yes, Chevy Valet. <laughs> I think of something like that. And it's gone into disrepair. It's gone into this like just slump and someone has come along taken it and restored it back to what it was before. That is so much of our lives, right? When we were young, we were joyful, and then we got older, and we saw the world. 
We just saw it. We saw the hurting. We saw the brokenness. We felt it. We'd experienced it. And we go into disrepair in ourselves, and God wants to restore our joy. But it happens in his presence. Luke 2, 8 through 11. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, right? But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So the shepherds were tending their flocks by night. There it is again. Darkness. Surrounded them. Until, what did it say? The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Until God's presence showed up. Now, I know it was an angel, but angels are in the presence of God. And so this angel comes on the scene, is speaking to the shepherds, and it is filling their hearts with the presence of God. They are in awe. They are amazed right now. But why? Why the shepherds? Have you guys ever asked that? Why? What was special about them? Nothing. They were the outcasts of that society. Even though their job was extremely important to have sacrifices for the temple, no one regarded the shepherds as anything. And you may feel like one of those shepherds. You may feel like an outcast or forgotten or you are working in the darkest of places, unnoticed and feeling unimportant. But God sees you. He is calling you to step into that faith. Step into faith and into his glorious light. Why the shepherds? I think it was because God knew that they would do something about this word. Luke 2, 15 through 16 says, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried. <clears throat> Sorry, to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. They acted on this experience. Faith filled their hearts and then they did something about it. It is not enough for us to just believe that God loves us or that he has given us Jesus. I believe that. Have you received it? Have you opened it? Do you continue to have that joy in your life? And we have no idea the exchange that happened that day. I imagine Mary and Joseph just sitting there and these shepherds showing up and like knocking on the outside of the door of this table. Like, hello, is there somebody in here? And they're like, yes, why are you here? I'm sorry, are we in the wrong place? Yes, we're in the manger. Um, but what we do see in that story is that the shepherds left changed. It says in Luke 2, 17, it says, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. They came into the presence of Jesus, a baby. He wasn't doing anything special. There was nothing special going on. He was probably pooping. You know what I mean? But, like, he was the son of God. And in that moment, it, like, clicked to them. The angels told the truth. 
This is real. And now their faith is explosive. They're so excited. They go and tell everyone in Bethlehem what they saw and what they had heard. Is your life a life of joy? Is it a life of joy and a compelling story of an experience with Jesus? When people see you, do they say, wow, I can tell that she's been with Jesus. By what she's saying, what she's living out, or, or I can tell that he knows God. You see, our joy is directly related to our trust in God. And I understand how trust works. When I was asking the Lord, what is joy? What I heard him say was joy is the fruit of trust. Now I I trust my husband. I trust people close to me because, there's that word because. If we have truly come to know the Lord deep within our hearts, there is a because for you guys. Not a will be, not a maybe. But we have to trust the Lord. Trust that he's given it to us. Surrender to him and know that he can hold it because he is a mighty warrior. But then continue in that by trust. That's hard. And I know that that's hard. But that day, the shepherds trusted the word of the angels. Their faith and stepping out had paid off. Maybe your trust in God today feels broken. Because, I mean, let's be honest. We've all hoped for something or prayed for something, and we felt like we got to know. That shakes us, doesn't it? How do we trust in God? that we can't see? How can we trust a God that we haven't heard his voice yet? How do we trust a God that has only spoken to this person and to that person, but not to me? All I can tell you is that the manger was for everyone. It was not inclusive or exclusive. It was inclusive. It doesn't make sense. Why the shepherds? Why a manger? Why this low place? Because we can all have access. There is no one who cannot come here to this place and find Jesus. That is so exciting. And I know I'm crying, but it's because I love Jesus. He's so great. He thought of everything. He made sure there was no way someone could have an excuse and say, not me. There's none. But if your trust feels broken today, like he has let you down, and you're 
your joy feels in the balance. I want you to read this verse again with me. One that Neil had read earlier, Psalms 51, 12. It says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Today, you don't have to leave without joy. And it's not going to be because, oh, I came to church or because Katie preached. It has nothing to do with any of that because those are circumstances. Do you see? What fills our hearts with joy is Jesus and only him. He's the only one who can carry it for us. It's too much of a burden to try to live out and be happy all the time. But he is here. So everyone just close your eyes, bow your heads. And if you need that joy to be restored in you, lifted up, filled up, Pray that prayer with me. Restore to me, Lord, the joy of your salvation. Just pray that in your heart. Restore to me, Lord, the joy of your salvation. And if you're in here today and you're saying, Katie, I have never experienced that joy before in my life. I don't know Jesus the way that you have talked about him. I don't know that I have that gift of Jesus in my heart right now. You can have it. All you have to do is ask and believe and receive it. Pray this prayer with me in your heart. If you need that today, you just say, Lord, I need you. I need you right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I have sinned and I have fallen short of glory. But I believe that you sent Jesus for me. Fill my heart, Jesus, with your love, your hope, and your joy today. I give you everything. I surrender all of it to you, Lord. And I believe that you love me enough to help me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to thank you guys so much for coming today, being a part of this Advent series. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> enjoyed. <laughs> but do. Um, but there's more. There is more for us. And as the coming weeks come and they get closer to Christmas, we are building up that excitement with you guys. And we want to do this with you guys. So I'm going to pray of you guys and bless you. Is there anything else you wanted to say? He wants to remind you to next week, bring your gifts for the giving tree. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for joy. God, you change us. We are forever changed because of having you in our hearts and our lives. God, thank you for Advent, for all the, the power that you bring to us, your grace, your love. God, we 
we're just amazed by you. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. And I thank you, Father, for my friends. That you bless them today. And wherever we are coming from in our faith journey, as hard and as rocky and as unsure as it has been, God, would you hold us? Would you carry us into that next space, God, of believing and trusting? We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.